Okay. Because this thing's not going to make money for about 200 episodes, but you get half of whatever sponsor we get. Oh, yeah. We're, we're splitting the profits, budget. splitting these profits, uh, 90, 90, 10. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, my mother, my mother's like, well, maybe you'll make some money out of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. My mother doesn't quite understand. I don't think my mother quite understands like the podcast. Does your mother want to be a sponsor? We'll mention her no, every week. Want to be, we are, no, we're not cutting into my inheritance. We, she, finally has, she finally has something to leave us. No, nobody is touching any of my mother's money. Gee, 50 bucks that. a week. Want, we'll mention her name. I, we'll say, I, we'll I, work I, it in. I want it's the SETI Bimco Show with your hosts, Tim and John. Can two men who once went to high school together share a podcast without driving each other crazy? My name is Tim and this is... And I'm John. And this is the SETI Bimco Show. Did I pronounce that right? You did pronounce it right. Although since we actually came up with the name, there's really no incorrect way. So we can no. really say whatever we want. In episode 50 or 100, we'll, we'll reveal what that word means. Unless what somebody word means. guesses before then. Yes, but there should be a prize. If this you is, guess uh, before. Mm-hmm. If you guess before what? the reveal. What's the prize? Oh, I don't know. Our our budget right can't. now are the two dozen deposit bottles I returned last week. So, yes, and you can't be more than. And your mom wants to be a dollar twenty, right? And your mom wants to be a sponsor. No, my mother is not going to be a sponsor <laughs> because we are not cutting into my inheritance. I know you. I mean, I, I spent my life being raised. My father basically drank all the money away, and. Basically, if it had a TV commercial, we couldn't afford it. Yes. And it's come now. My mother actually has something to leave us. No, we're not touching my mother's. Great. We're not touching any of my mother's money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about your father later. On this show, we're going to look back at the embarrassing events of high school. We're going to interview some people we have lined up cool, while also taking a look at movies and music of that bygone era. Yes, the bygone era, the good old days. Yes, and this week we're going to talk about something near and dear to John's heart, ABBA. Very near and very dear to my heart, involving my adopted country of Sweden. (laughs) Don't give it all away already. So, but, But John and I went to high school briefly. We saw each other a little bit after college. I think I came home for break and we went to... The only place in our little town there's something to do, which was the bowling alley. The bowling you and I and a, another friend. And we were still actually too young to drink. And we ran into my mother's friends, co-workers. I don't know if you remember this. And I do remember this. They saw us and like, oh, come on over, say hi. And next thing you know, they're buying us beers. Uh, pretend, well, they're buying beers, pretending they're for them. And, and we were <laughs> giving it... Them. Illegally giving it to uh, us underage kids. But can I add, wow. just add something in the, into sure. that? It's actually a matter of timing because Tim and I, at one point, the drinking age in the state we grew up was 19. And then they raised it to 21. Right. And I was le- legal at age 19 for 10 months. And Tim, you must have been <laughs> legal at, ni- at 19 for about uh. eight months. Because I think you're about two months younger than I. Okay. 
And then they raised it to 21, but they didn't grandfather it. So we were legal at right. 19. And then I was illegal for 14 months. I forgot. So this was this. In, yeah. So really at, at one point we were legal drinkers and this was at that little period where we weren't legal drinkers, which I never got. But anyway, <laughs> so it wasn't like we had never had a legal drink before. It I just, there was that gap of time that we couldn't have a legal drink. Yeah, this is, I do remember first going out, but I was in Pittsburgh in college. I think my roommate was a, he was just like, yeah, I'll go get beer. He, he had a beard and he always came home with beer that he bought. And I remember just being new at that. And I'm like, I just stayed at home because I was like, I'll, I'll ruin this. I can't pretend that I'm, I'm old enough to drink. And <laughs> You'll just blurt <laughs> out, we're all illegal. You're, 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 you're yes. breaking the law. My son is to us. <laughs> Tim, Tim's so, guilt would have. It's that Catholic he, school boy guilt, Tim. I think it's because he bought Mickey's Big Mouth and the guy was like, uh, no one else is going to buy this. So did right. you, did you do you ever hear of that beer? Sorry. <laughs> I do remember that beer. Yes. Ooh, that was terrible. We we drank some pretty bad stuff. <laughs> Mad Dog 2020. That or the wine coolers, weren't they cheap? Bartles and James. Uh, thank you for your support. <laughs> yeah, the stuff we drank. Our, our palates weren't that sophisticated. It was just a question no. of getting drunk. Right. Yeah, right. that's all it was. So say you. Anyway. Well, so so say I. Yes. So say I. <laughs> Before, uh, anyway, before I got on the prescription <laughs> medication, I was self-medicating. Yep. So, John, what did you do this week? This week, I test I tested positive for the COVID nineteen uh, so Omicron variant. Yes, and even though I you're have, sick, you you drove to the studio to record this. Thing. I drove to the studio. <laughs> um, you know, stopped stopped at Burger King and went in there without a mask. Stopped at Burger King, went out with that without a mask with my MAGA hat on, oh, and. Shit. Um, and uh and yeah so the deal was i you know i'd been uh had gotten the two shots of moderna got my booster shot a week ago wednesday well it'll be two weeks this wednesday but apparently it takes about two weeks for the booster to yeah effective. yeah so sorry so, sorry to hear that but you, you, seem, right. to, it was, you seem to feel okay yeah i was just basically thank goodness i got the 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 vaccine. Yeah, uh, I just had very flu flu like symptoms. I can see you're, you're you're sweating. You're <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm just like I'm a I'm a pool of sweat. I've got you know the IV bag in my arm right now, yeah. as Tim can see. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't dehydrate. No, I had gone to the to the urgent care just to rule it out. I didn't really even think I had. I was like, well, what else yeah. do I have? Just right, flu guy around, and then I got the results. I said, yep, detected. That's how they word it on, on your positive test detected. Yes, detected. You missed the big storm. We had a storm here this week, and uh, we had eight inches in New York, and you you got nothing. We got absolutely nothing. And I went uh, walking our new dog around the block. I want to tell you that the – I'm not bragging. Honest, I'm not bragging, but there's uh, – <laughs> There's you a, always say a, that, Tim. I'm not bragging. You can you can go ahead. If you did something great or if no. you did something, go ahead. Just say it. I, I don't want to. You be, always preface that. Like, I don't I'm, want people I'm not to. Bragging, but. I don't want. In my neighborhood, there's a celebrity, and they are the only ones who did not shovel their walk. I'm not going to name names because I don't want a libel suit against us right off the bat here. Right. So, but she was in the movie oh. uh, Do the Right Thing. 
and she's not don't, doing the right thing. Don't say, yeah, she's not doing the right thing. We should get to what we're going to talk about. Well, we're gonna, yes. We're going to do kind of a half and half episode so that we'll give people an idea how this podcast works because you're going to interview me about my embarrassing high school incident. But first, we're going to talk about an album. Okay, so today we are going to talk about the classic 1977 album simply called Abba the Album. All right. And watch the movie, Abba the Movie. And Abba the Movie, they came out in the same week in December of 1977. I never saw this movie because it came out the same year as what movie? Star Wars. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And did Close Encounters come out in 77 as well, I believe? That I don't remember. I wasn't excited about yeah, that yeah, as, I think, as a child. I th yeah, I think as an 11-year-old, I expected it to be like Star Wars. Right. And it was absolutely nothing like Star Wars. As an adult, I appreciate it more. But anyway, I hadn't... Okay, I actually went... And this kind of goes to the tie-in with living in Sweden because ABBA in the 1970s was the second largest Swedish export after Volvo. And really? uh, yes, yes, did you know that? I did not know that. They didn't know... They weren't actually very big in the United States, uh, in comparison to the way they were in the rest of the world, uh, they did have one number one single, Dancing Queen, which right. to this day is still a song that will get people on the dance floor. <laughs> uh, they were two Swedish couples. There was Agneta and Ben, uh, Agneta and Bjorn, and then there was Benny and Anafrid, or Frida. And they were two married couples, and hence the acronym ABBA, A-B-B-A. I was going to tell you that. I looked that up. Did you really? Yes. It's a palindrome. There was there. a... It is a palindrome. Now, there was an issue. Now, the town I lived in in Sweden was a small town called Lysesjöld, which is about an hour north of Göteborg, which is the second largest city in Sweden after Stockholm, and about an hour south of the Norwegian border. And ABBA was actually a very prominent fish cannery. They made like sardines and anchovies and herring. They, they wow. did canned fish. And that was the, and as a matter of fact, there was an ABBA cannery in Lysesjöld. Are you saying they chose this name and just coincidentally it was also, or was they a, knew? There was, there was a contest. So you have to understand, they were the, the four of them, before they formed the group, had very successful careers pre-ABBA. I read about uh, that too, yes. Yes, for example, um, uh, Benny was in a band called the Hepstars, and they were basically mm -hmm. the Swedish Beatles. And they recorded some in Swedish. They recorded some in English. Uh, Benny does admit that the English lyrics are basically out of a school textbook. They were terrible, terrible English English lyrics. But they uh, they were very, very successful in Sweden in the 60s, probably second only to the Beatles. Uh, Bjorn was in a band called the Hootenanny Singers. They were sort of like, uh, sort of like a, a folk act. If anybody recalls the Kingston Trio, Oh yeah, it was sort of it was sort of along those lines. Except they sang, they sang and they sang in Swedish and sang old Swedish folk songs. Agneta was basically go ahead. Before you before you go move on from the folk singing, I, I made a note here. I, oh, go ahead. I discovered a band in the '90s that everyone hates but me. I've yet to meet a person that likes this band. It's called Vartina. Um, I made, I made four pages of notes here, and I can't find what I wrote about Vartina. But the band is called Vartina. They are from, I'll find the notes. I've got Murder, She Wrote on here. I don't know why I have that in my notes. But uh, Vartina, folk band from Sweden, I think. And, and none of their lyrics are in English. 
Uh, you can okay. look up a, you can look up a song on YouTube, and and uh, they're very similar sounding to ABBA, and I kind of okay. like them more so than ABBA. But it's V A R R T. I will look it up. I am unfamiliar with that. Of course, that was after I had lived in Sweden. Yeah. So if they were relatively, they're still around. Oh, I'm sure they are. Some of those bands will stay together for decades. So and uh, uh, so basically. Uh, Benny and Bjorn became friends. They were both big stars in, in, in Sweden and various members would leave each of the bands and Benny would sit in with the Hootenanny singers or Bjorn would come in and sit in with the Hep stars. And then Agnetta, she was basically a teen idol. Is that the, the word I'm looking for? She used to write her own music. She was about 17 or 18 years old when she had her first hit in Sweden. Of course, they were all in Swedish. She basically would have been like, mm, depending on the decade you grew up in. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, what? you're going to say <laughs> Tiffany, aren't you? Well, if it was the 80s, it would be Tiffany, 90, Leanne Rimes, the 60s, Leslie Gore. Okay. I don't know. And then Frida Anafrid, she was mostly a jazz musician. She was not as successful as the other four. Frida's big break came, though. She won a talent contest, and she was on... The most popular program on Swedish television, of course, back then there was only one channel in Sweden. <laughs> of course, when I lived there in the 80s, there were only two. It was called Hiland's Horn, and it was which translates to Hiland's Corner. Hiland was the name of the, the last name of the gentleman who hosted the show. The, 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 the first prize of the contest was that she was going to perform on this show. Well, it, it was September 3rd, 1967, which was the day that Sweden switched from driving on the oh. left-hand side of the road. Are you making this up? No, not <laughs> like this is too good to make up. If you look in her biography, they call it H-Dog because it's this big, long Swedish word that I... Yes. You can't say. And, and this is, So they went, from the, they went from driving on the left-hand side of the road like they do in the UK to driving on the right-hand side of the road. The correct side. Like we, we do. <laughs> well, that's all relative, Tim. <laughs> and so... Basically, even the government encouraged people, just stay home that night because people are going to get confused and there are going to be terrible accidents. As a matter of fact, living in Lisa Shield, the family I live with, they used to tell me, because Norway always drove on the right side of the road. All right. And when you would come over the bridge between Halden and Norway and uh, Strömstad in Sweden, people would forget to switch what? lanes and there would be these horrible, there'd be these horrible accidents. I think that was part of the reason why they are probably mostly <laughs> the reason why they decided to go to war, switch to... Yeah, they went to war, exactly. <laughs> Last time Sweden went to war, it was against Napoleon, <laughs> I think. But anyway. <laughs> That's insane. Which is, actually, which is actually the topic of Abba's first international hit, Waterloo. But anyway, I, but I digress. I'm going to talk about these lyrics. I have a lot of questions. Yes. So anyway, so she had this built-in audience. She had 90% of the Swedish population tuned in to this program. It's, it's the ultimate case of being in the right place at the right yeah. time. Because they couldn't watch anything else. They couldn't watch anything. Well, there's only one channel to begin with, and yes. you really couldn't go anywhere. So you're <laughs> sort of trapped in your home. It's basically like being quarantined. Right. You know, they just so so then fast forward, fast forward to 1974, Brighton, England, the Eurovision Song Contest, which if you've never seen Eurovision, and I don't I've, I don't I've know seen bits. Yeah, it's just so schmaltzy and so Oh, it's just so, it's so bad it's good. Like, it's so entertaining. And, uh, of course, it was when I like, lived in Sweden, go ahead. It was like solid gold, right? It was like or solid worse. gold, except they were actually really singing. It was <laughs> like, uh, let me see here, the uh, the uh, Starland Vocal Band Summer Replacement 
variety show. I don't know. Okay. Which, which You're making that up. Guys. No, the Starland <laughs> Vocal Band had a summer replacement show on oh, I don't CBS, know ABC. Yes, it lasted like six weeks. David Letterman, that was David Letterman's first big job. He was one of the... Oh, I thought he was on the... I thought he was on... Uh, he did he, Mary Tyler he, Moore's variety show. He was show, on Mary Tyler Moore's variety show along with uh, Mr. Uh, maybe, Batman. Maybe he got Michael Keaton. Yeah. So anyway, Sweden had never won the contest before. And they won it that year with Waterloo. And lo and behold, they wound up becoming... It was a little slow going in the beginning. The, the song actually even made the top 10 here in the United States. Went to number one in the UK. Went to number one all over Europe. And then it took them a while to come up with a follow-up hit. Because Eurovision contest winners really aren't taken that seriously. And most of them are one-hit wonders. And then they released um, a third studio album, which had SOS Mamma Mia Mm-hmm. Songs like that. Then there was the Arrival album, which had Dancing Queen and Knowing Me, Knowing You. And then in 1977 came ABBA, the album. And All it right. came out with, at the same time as ABBA, the movie. The two really, it's not like the album is the soundtrack to the movie. It just came no. out at the same time. Because I, we were also going to watch this movie. Did you watch it or did you, you watched it long ago? <laughs> I watched it on the little three by three inch screen on my you, computer. <laughs> because I did it watched it. It cost eleven dollars to rent on Amazon. And even I though was gonna, even though I was not is, gonna pay eleven as much as I love ABBA, I was not gonna spend eleven dollars on the movie. I, I watched it for free, the French version on YouTube. So and I read the plot on Wikipedia. There you so go. So I have to say, if I were an ABBA super fan. I'd be disappointed in this movie because I think they played three of their songs all the way through. The rest were like, here's half the song. And now here's the story right. of there's a reporter trying to interview them. And right. he just, he forgot his past and he just gets kicked out all the time. So his story is boring and they cut off a lot of, it was a lot took, of live concert footage yes, from yes. the Australian tour, which took place in 1977. Lasse Hellstrom. Yes, he directed, the, he directed he directed Cider House Rules and What's Eating yes, Gilbert Grape. Yes, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Is that? We just saw that I during love, during COVID. We're like, here it is. Let's watch this because I never saw it. I hadn't and, seen it since it had come out. And maybe I saw it about two or three years ago. I actually hadn't seen Abba the movie. I think I went to the movie theater to see it in 1977. Whoa. Because, of course, I was a nerd. Well, I was a nerd. <laughs> You know, I thought that learning the oh, clarinet. Nerd, nerds did not go to see ABBA. Nerds were watching. Oh, this, this, nerd, this nerd did. This nerd did. <laughs> this nerd went to see ABBA the movie because he actually liked the music, but couldn't admit it, you know, because everybody else was listening to their older brother's Zeppelin albums or something. I don't know. Right. Which I liked. You know, I didn't yeah. have a problem with that. And did you but go see Xanadu and like that? Let's, Xanadu. Let's not, have, let's not have all the fun at once, Tim. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> I Xanadu. saw that at the theater. Oh anyway, no, I, yeah. that's another episode. So, so yeah, it was at, I saw it at the Orpheum Theater in Saugerties, New York, which <sighs> the, the only way they could make money at the time was like they'd show the big releases, mm-hmm. but then they'd have to show X-rated movies because they were cheap to rent and they could actually make money right. off the movie tickets. What year was that? So, and it, 1977. Yeah, so they'd always have a Saturday matinee where you could come in, the kids could come in under 12 and get a discounted price but i wasn't allowed to go the weeks they showed the pornographic movies for fear that they didn't <laughs> clean the seats well enough oh come on they thought they'd let so you I, in 
no, you, you couldn't. Like, no, I'm, so, I'm talking about they show the matinee. Oh, oh, oh right, running. right, right. Well, you know, so the Saturday afternoon matinee, mm-hmm. even though the, the the feature at night would be. Gotcha. So you'd walk into the movie theater with all the X-rated movie posters on it, and go see. Some of them were terrible movies, uh, you know. Of some of them were, but you know, but it was fun. So that's and, anyway. And then I hadn't, then I hadn't seen it again until almost forty years later, when Turner Classic Movies ran it as a double feature with uh, Roller Boogie with Lin, Miss Linda Blair. Do you remember Turner Roller Movie Boogie Classics? Was Turner oh. Classic. every once in a while they'll go out on this limb with but, these really weird programming ideas. Yeah, but the guy, the reporter. Uh, I don't know. They, I wish he were. I wish he was like Inspector Clouseau and like would fall off of buildings or something. But his of, his story was so boring. So they didn't boring. have the budget for that. I mean, in the Wikipedia article, Lasse Hellstrom is talking about how they were basically writing the script. Uh, there, there was no on script. the plane to us <laughs> on the plane to Australia. Well, you know, his his book. Wikipedia calls it a mockumentary, which I guess it kind of. So basically, what it is is a sort of ridiculous little story about. This guy trying to get an interview with ABBA, the biggest pop group in the world at the time. Right. And he has to basically go all over Australia to find them. And then they intersperse it with concert footage and interviewing people who, and I think those people were real, though. The people that he was interviewing. Yeah, I was wondering. Well, I, know, well, I think they, I think were, they were I think they were actually real people. There is, so, Tim, you know what? Well, I hate to say this, but the the, the actor who, play, who played Ashley, the the reporter trying to get I hate to say this what the is interview he, with Abba. Is he related well, to you? Our, no. <laughs> no. Our last couple of I don't know if you've noticed this, but our last couple of conversations, we seem to have come upon the 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 topic of pedophilia. What? <laughs> no. We, no, remember no, but when we were having <laughs> dinner in August, it came up that certain person that we knew. <laughs> We were talking about the Boy Scouts the last time. Okay. Last week we were talking about the Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts are going to sue us now. Yeah, I remember now. Well, no, I mean, it's, I'm not. I, this is not. This is not CNN breaking news. I mean, no, no, no. A, so anyway, so it turns <laughs> out that he wound up in the late '80s, early '90s, being on this Australian sitcom, which basically sounds like an Australian version of Full House. Okay. Basically, the kids who the, the girls who played his daughters, and then it started coming out with other people. He was sexually molesting them. Oh, so he's no. currently sitting in prison in Australia. He uh, actually had to be extradited from the UK because he has dual citizenship in the UK and Australia. Oh no. And so, yeah, so that, so anyway, we, we can, we can cut that out if you'd like to we no. can edit that out, but he didn't have a very happy ending. And so he's sitting in, apparently they had to put chicken wire around his cell because the other inmates were throwing urine and feces at him. Ouch. Oof. Well, I mean, well, you know, the, when, 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 the, when the punishment fits the crime, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So there, so there was, anyway. a, so that was a little bit of a darn. I was like, anyway. So anyway, so no, it's just, you know, we, we were talking about this. You know, I, we were talking about people like when we were talking about, by the way, one of, one of Abba's biggest fans was Kurt Cobain. He loved Abba. Huh? He loved I, uh, Abba. I can, I can believe it. Yeah, remember we were talking I mean, last time about... People not, oh, I didn't really like him. You know, as soon as something gets played on the radio. And, right. you know, as I was saying, these were not groundbreaking songs. They were just brilliant pop songs. I mean, you hear the I, song, as I was saying, Dancing Queen still fills a, dan- still, still fill, fills a, a dance floor this, these days. 
Yes, I was I was going to say the uh cuz I listened to this whole album because I haven't I never listened to the whole album. Right. And I realized the first song Eagle I don't think I heard that much. That wasn't like a huge hit, was it? The, I mean, I they released it as a single in like some German-speaking countries, but no, it was not. It was not. They were going to release it as a single here. I was reading in Wikipedia, they abandoned it at the last minute. And, and the beat in that song is kind of uh, well, the stereotypical. I think they're trying to do a Native American kind of beat, and it's, it reminded me of something. And I looked up the song "Cherokee Nation" by Paul Revere, the Raiders, and uh, not that I'm. I'm not saying they stole anything. I'm just saying, no. just talking about the similarities I heard. I, I could hear another song and I had to go look it up. But I was, uh, I was reading their lyrics and, you know, I'm not, not coming down on them. I, uh, their lyrics are very, uh, like, literally, this song is about, hey, I'm an eagle. I'm seeing the world from the eagle's eyes. Or this song is yeah. about being on drugs. I don't know. That's all I could think of. I don't think they were big drug takers. At least that's the public persona to this day they still carry out. Because then take a chance but, on me. I, I was. I also thought that's either about dating or take, taking drugs. Take another chance on me. Well, I guess, you know, <laughs> isn't it all, isn't, isn't art as you interpret it? I know. I'm being facetious. No, I know you are. No, I know you are. But, I mean, you know, keeping in mind that English was not their first language. No, no. That was a struggle. But, no, but as I was saying, but just they were just... But take a little pop. The rumor was that, and I, I believe this has been debunked, that the women could not speak English at all, which mm-hmm. is a lie because I've seen interviews from the 70s with them. And that they had to actually, and maybe they had to do this anyway, but they had to actually spell all the English lyrics out phonetically for them. Oh, wow. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to talk about Take a Chance. Go ahead, take a chance on me, which was actually their second most successful single on the Billboard Hot 100 after Dancing Queen, which was their only number one single. Take a well, chance that, on me got, got to number three. That's why I know about ABBA. I, uh, uh-huh. Fifth grade, a kid at recess was trying to tell us about this amazing song he heard. And it was like his body was on fire and he was trying to do the take a chance bit, which you can tell they did some looping or whatever they did then. And he, he was he was just taken by this song so much. He was telling about it, telling us about it throughout the whole uh, recess. He couldn't control himself. Now, if I may interject, and, and, at, at this point, had you heard the song? No, he was trying to explain oh, the song. Okay. This poor child, I, I don't want to uh, make fun of him if he had issues, because I think he did, but he... He was, uh, I'm not saying he was driven insane by this Ava song, but and it might not have been the same day, but eventually he, he had issues and he was supposed to take the bus home and he hid from the bus one, one day and I was walking home. I didn't know he hid from the bus. He came out of the bushes and he's like, I'm walking home with you. And I was like, don't you have to get the bus to go home? So he came to my house. I was a latchkey kid, which nobody knows what that is anymore. That means my parents weren't home till later. And the key, the key was just hidden outside somewhere. That's that's the kind of that, that's how lackadaisical we were until kids started mm-hmm. getting started getting kidnapped, right? Molested. Nobody by, wanted us. <laughs> kidnapped Nobody and molested by us. by stars by uh, actors in album movies. But um, <laughs> I was like, uh, you can't really come in. You know, my parents aren't here. I can't have people over. And he acted kind of normal about that. But then later I heard some some sounds and he was like breaking into the basement. Our basement door was only held shut by a 
a shovel against the door and he kind of broke in. There's no lights in the basement. And I just hear all this banging around in the basement. Once he got in the house, he's like, okay, I'm here. And he acted wow. perfectly normal. So anyway, my mom had to, we, we took him home and then he moved to a nearby town and I'm not sure what became of him. I hope he got help if he was, I mean, that might this be This is your producer, Miss Lee. Please day. go back know. to speaking about oh, ABBA. Move on. Did you know that a heavy metal rock band who's, it's a Christian rock band called Rob Rock's, it's from Rob Rock's album, Holy Hell. They did a cover of Move yes, On. Christian. Yes. I, sent, I sent you a link and I kind of liked their song better. You like their know. version better? Yeah. Hmm. Did I it's say all that? the interpretation, yes. I suppose. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not dissing you, on ABBA's original. I'm just saying that they, they, you they can did a pretty good job. That's all you like. It, ABBA is, I, I, the reason why I go out on this limb here is because I realize that ABBA is not everybody's cup of tea. And I was actually sort of a, I don't want to say an outcast, but I was sort of shunned and, 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 and teased about my, my liking of ABBA at the time, as I said, when everybody was listening to Zeppelin and Kiss and, and, and I enjoyed all of those bands too, but I don't know, for some reason, the, I think it was just because it was just what you said it out loud. I did I say mean, it out loud. Okay. Cause I kind of liked some of their songs back then, but I wouldn't, and I, I kind of liked ELO, but I wouldn't say much about that back then. Now I like, was yeah, I like the yellow a lot. Yeah, now yellow. Now they're playing them all over the place. Now they're yes. classic rock. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm just going through the the songs. I don't know what you did. Did you take notes, John? Did you take notes for this podcast? Notes. I did take some notes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So, like the the the, the uh, thank you for the music. I wonder, and I'm a marionette. And you, I did. I had heard that metal version by Ghost, which is another Swedish band. I, I had, had heard that one. That I had heard that version before. I don't like that, the, actually, that version. I don't like that one better. I like the original. The original one, yeah, yeah. I sort of like the the, the version, the, the live version they did in Abba the movie. I really like that a lot. Uh, I, I like um, how they did. Yeah, um, the marionette song. I, that's another one that I do like, but the lyrics. Yeah. I'm like, this is another song about drugs, right? <laughs> You're about to spit your water out. <laughs> Allegedly, the official line is that Ovid did not do drugs. I've been watching a lot of television being quarantined and gotcha. like Emperor's New Groove from Disney. Remember, they just did the Tom Jones <laughs> song in the beginning and the Sting song I, in the end. I don't think I saw that one, even though I like it. Oh, it's one of my favorite. It's no, There's you no would group. like, you would like Emperor's New Groove. That was just, I just saw that the other day. There's wow. no music in it. There's no music in it. It's just yeah. opening song and the closing song. And it's just every cartoon cliche they right. use Emperor's in this, New Groove. It's just, it's, it's and there's a lot of music? No a lot music, of... just oh. the opening theme and the, and the closing theme. <laughs> the Sting song, My Funny Friend and Me. During my quarantine, I, it was not a quarantine, just the snowstorm and, and, and COVID. Do you remember, do you know who Prunella Scales is, if I say that name? Well, she's in Faulty Towers. Oh my God, John. <laughs> gonna make this a, a quiz show and just ask you questions and yeah, she she was she was civil and right. she is now she must be 80 her her husband's right. an actor uh timothy uh west and they have a show do, do you, are you aware of the canals in england the, the in the 19 yes. in the 1700s they built canals to 
transport goods. Of course, mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, some smarty pants invented trains and that was much faster. And they let the canals fall to ruin. And then rich people and upper crust people in England were like, I want to, I want to put my uh, narrow boat in canals and, you know, just drink tea and <laughs> go along the canals. And today th those two have a show called great canal journeys. And they're, you know, these canals have locks. You got to go in the lock, fill the water up to make it across England, wherever you're going, ride their little narrow boats around and have tea. T today, there's a show called Great Canal Journeys. Prunella and her husband are always in a boat and they have a show like, we're going to go on a journey. And the oh, sad nice. Well, the sad thing is Prunella has Alzheimer's. But oh. I am also upset that they're, they're doing this show. Well, if she enjoys it, it's fine. But he steers the boat and she's the one that jumps off with the ropes and ties the boat when you got to mm -hmm. cast off. So there are many scenes of them getting going and he's like, uh, Prunella, you didn't untie the rope. And you hear, you hear things breaking and uh, no. <laughs> I, hear, oh. I hear glass breaking. And she's like, I'm so oh. sorry. Oh, poor Prunella. <laughs> but I don't know how many seasons that show has, but that's, that's what I've been watching. And yes, he's very, so and, and he, he smashes that boat in, he rents these boats and he smashes into bridges. He runs into other boats. <sighs> I'm laughing, but I'm sad because they must be 80. Right. But I'm happy they're out doing stuff, but it's sad. She's got they're Alzheimer's right. and he's like running into things. <clears throat> and you can tell he's like a, a fuddy-duddy, uh, uh, impatient English man. Anyway, oh, that's okay. my review of Great Canal Journeys. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Two thumbs up. It's time to visit the past. Yeah. Now I understand, um, Tim, you have a, which I thought was a very interesting, and if I may say, I thought kind of frightening, embarrassing story about high school or okay. junior high. And the real reason I say it's, it was frightening to me is because you kind of had a little bit of a sleep disorder. Do you want to go ahead and tell your story? Sure. <laughs> I I feel my uh, inability to know I had a sleep order, sleep disorder, to be the, the most embarrassing part of the story. But so uh, I used to sleepwalk when I was very young. I didn't realize I had a sleep problem because a little bit later, my brothers and sisters said they. I walked out into the living room, stood in front of the TV once and turned back around and and did things like that. And I wasn't really aware of it until I went down south and visited my uncle who lived out in the middle of nowhere, except he had a semi-busy road in front of his house. So one night I woke up in his front yard with a 18-wheeler going by the road in front of me and that's what woke me up. And again, you I don't know if you've ever woken up from sleepwalking no, no, I can't say I have. No, and and, <laughs> and may I say, and may I just say, yikes, because I just yeah. can't imagine the terror of all of a sudden thinking I'm in my bed. At how old were you? Well, this was probably third or fourth grade. Yeah. So I mean, you're young. You think you're tucked away safely in your bed, and all of a sudden, an <laughs> eighteen wheeler. Now, well, see, it's a, it's the exact opposite of what I what I and probably most people have experienced because you think that 
in the in the dream or the nightmare, the 18-wheeler would be whizzing past you and you would awake in your bed. Right. But for you, it was the exact opposite. Well, you think if, you're in your bed and the reality <laughs> is an 18-wheeler is whizzing past you. If you've, ne- if you've never experienced this, it it takes a while to wake up. And I, I slowly woke up and remembered that I'd spent what seemed like a half an hour trying to unlock the front door of my uncle's house because those are locks I'm unfamiliar with. So I, I kind of had this flashback memory of getting up, trying to get out of the house for a while and walking down the sidewalk. So I just ran back inside because when you're that young, you think you'll be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So I did things like that. And by the time I got to, what was it? Well, junior high, that's when I was dreaming that I was putting on my pants and it was taking a long time. And then finally I would wake up and it would usually be 3 a.m. And I, I was trying to put on my sheets, which had no, no legs, obviously. So it was just a struggle, <laughs> a Sisyphus type of struggle. So I think I have sleeping disorders and many junior high kids, I think, are asleep until noon in high school, if I remember. Uh, I don't know about you. I, you were, I would get a little drowsy, I will admit. <laughs> but you slept to the last minute, I remember. I did. I remember I people bringing you to school, but I was like paranoid. I was up at six or whenever. My parents got up. They went to work early. Yeah. So I was up. So anyway, I, somebody this, crisp, this particular Christmas in seventh grade knew I liked comic books. And John, you don't read comic books. Oh, I you, used to read the DC comic books as a kid. What? Justice yeah. League. Yeah, you quit when I started. You were smart, probably. Well, you know, we think that, age. or at least I think that it's the DC comics with the overmuscular male superheroes in those skin-tight outfits that did turn me gay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> You're reading them too early. Yeah. Who was drawing who was drawing that? <laughs> I know. The same people who came up with the like the 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 romantic interests for the Disney princesses. You know, it's like the like the like the Prince Charmings in the oh. in the Disney films. Yeah. Like well. they were like these, you know, matinee idol, right, you know, good looking men. Well they had to that be. they drew. Of course. Well, yeah. But <laughs> I still don't know what you're trying to say. Too, they were just a little. They, they were just a little too pretty for men. They were okay. a little too pretty for men to be drawn I by see. totally heterosexual men. Is what I'm saying. I see what you're saying. All right. That's that's my point. Yes. Well, uh, I think Walt would have fired them for. Unfortunately, I don't know if you know uh, much who about. What, who knows what Walt was doing? I don't know if you know much about Walt, but uh, he had a he had a Nazi on his TV show. So who's the you know Nazi? you know not that Fess, not not not, not Fess Parker. No, the, one of the, we, you know that we got to the moon because we, we made friends with some, some Nazi prisoners and they're like, oh, oh okay, you, you know, yeah. yeah. So uh, I yeah. forget who it was, but one of them was pals with, with Walt. Well, let's not get into the whole Walt hating a particular religion and stuff. So <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, white, white, Walt might get himself <laughs> defrosted and come back and haunt us. Well, he'll get defrosted, come back and get canceled. Come on. It's easy. There you go. I mean, that's, yeah, they still haven't come up with it. That's obvious. At any rate, John, <laughs> talking about comic books, I became obsessed with them when, in, I'd say, fifth grade. Some aunt noticed I liked comic books. I don't know if you got a present like this, like you you owned one notebook with with Welcome Back Cotter on it, and your, your, your aunt buys you Welcome Back Cotter shirts and Welcome Back Cotter underwear because she thinks welcome back Cotter is your yeah. favorite thing in the world. But and you got a welcome back Cotter lunchbox. Some, and yeah, some, I know. Some, yeah. 
some aunt who didn't know what to get me for Christmas bought me Hulk pajamas that were sickly pea green. Picture the Hulk by Herb Trimpey on it for those comic book fans out there. This was this was seventh grade around the time that I think some kids are like, I don't need to wear pajamas anymore or you're growing out of them and your parents don't buy you pajamas and like, I don't know what pajamas are for. Right. Right. Let alone um, pajamas with the Incredible Hulk on them. Right. I was not happy with the gift and I thanked them graciously and I did wear them, I guess, once because the the embarrassing thing that, you know, I, I don't think about that much anymore, but at the time it was a, a day of just, I was sweating and woke up in the morning after being, after probably sleepwalking and being sleep deprived. And I just went to school. I don't know what I did that morning, but I took my coat off and I was wearing my Hulk pajama tops. And luckily I was wearing jeans. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, you know, no one will know it's a Hulk shirt, even though it's seventh grade, you kind of think seventh grade's a big deal and you shouldn't be wearing those shirts anymore. Right. And I, I thought no one had noticed, but there was one kid who was in homeroom. And the first thing he said to me when I sat down was, why are you wearing Hulk pajamas to school? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. And and I was uh, I, like, no, no, these aren't pajamas. This is a Hulk shirt that I I got this summer. I don't know what I told him. But he was someone I ran into all day. It could have been worse because he was the only one that was constantly seeing me and just saying, Those are Hulk pajamas. You can't fool me. And I was constantly like, no, no, these are uh these it's a nice shirt that has the sweatle the sweaties, right. the, the the puddles of sweat in my armpits because I've been sweating all day trying to find ways to hide my Hulk shirt. I guess it wasn't a gym day or I would have had a t-shirt to put on. But right. and I know there's a worse day in high school than this that I think I'm blocking out, but <laughs> no. At no, the time no. at the but, time that was pretty devastating because you're so self-conscious of it. And you probably didn't learn anything that day because your mind is on the whole time. Who else is gonna point out that I'm wearing my Hulk yeah. pajama top. I think thing was that I really never, never until I was older did I realize I've got a lot of sleep problems because I went to, we'll get back to the pajamas, but I went to Europe uh, on a Euro pass, which I, did you do that? Yeah. I slept in a youth hostel and while sleeping there, I did wake up one night, turned on the lights, was convinced there was a squirrel in bed with me and I was getting my travel companion and telling him about it. And waking up other people. And this is a case just like when the truck woke me up that it took me a little while to realize, oh, there's no squirrel in this room and I'm waking everybody up and this is real. Right. It's not a dream. <laughs> you don't think it's a dream when it's happening. It's, it's right, you think exactly. it's real. Thankfully, there was an Australian guy who, who would wake us up in the middle of the night because he got a phone call. This was in the days when someone came to your room and said, hey, you got a phone call. There was no cell phones. And he would turn on all the, all the lights, wake us up, go take care of his phone call. and uh, Because there was a 12-hour difference between Europe and Australia, or right. give or take. Yeah. Yes. And other, he, he, did, he was an annoying person. I can't remember now all the things. Some other, some other Australians came to us and said, please don't think we're all like that. That, that guy's a, an ass. I can say that on podcast. Do you remember where the youth hostel was? Yeah, you can call him an ass. This youth um, hostel? Do you remember where it was? Might have been Germany. Germany. Okay. So anyway, no, I'm just going to, because when you, when you do that, when you do that, your rail thing, you play, you only plan on staying at a certain youth hostel for a night and then you wind up meeting a couple people there or you like the hostel and you wind up staying two or three nights. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, what, you were there for a few nights. Yes, I think so. If that was Germany, 
it's kept a, a journal of that. And now I don't remember where that was. There was a time I'd remember where all that was. But I think in Germany, uh, I met a fellow who was drinking with me. Were we drinking in the youth hostel? You can drink in Europe in youth hostels, right? I, I forget. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I wouldn't serve it. He was talking to a woman in German. She was talking to him in German. I was hanging out, having a good time. And I noticed some tension eventually because I don't speak German. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually he was like, so you, what, you don't want to have threesome? Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I didn't know that's, no. I didn't know that's what you guys were talking about. No. <laughs> was she up for this? <laughs> or was this but, news uh, to her as well? I, I, and I think uh, she was wondering too. I don't know what was what was going on. I don't know what they said. It's a while ago. It's always a good rule of thumb to have a German English dictionary just in case <laughs> somebody's I, inviting you to a three way because you don't want to appear to be unhospitable. Right. I don't want to be rude to to. You don't want to be rude Germans. to Germans. No. Exactly. Or mention the war. So uh, the war. So yes, I, I often had I had that. Also, I had that reoccurring dream that there was a squirrel in my bed. I don't know what that was about. And I had a lot of dreams about people dying of electrical charges in the basement of houses. Oh, dear. And I told my therapist about this and my therapist. This was the 90s. Did you have a fear of squirrels as a child? And I'm not making light of this, Tim. No, no. Did did you have... I had no, a paralyzing I think, fear of bats until I had to get one out of my house, and I kind of conquered it after that. Oh, but wow! No, no, I, I think terrified of bats. I think squirrels are just unpredictable. You know, they are I don't wily know. creatures. They are very wily <laughs> creatures. You are right. You just don't know what they're doing. It's like they're they're eating their nuts, like they're plotting to take over the world. You don't know what's going through their brains. Oh, no, am I getting you off the top? We can end no. this all out. I, no, so you're sorry. not. My therapist, I told. I told her about the deaths in the houses and she's, she said, or he, I think it was a he, he said, oh, you're, you're dreaming about people dying in houses in the basement. That's very disturbing. That was his advice. Yes. For that, he was charging you $110. <laughs> like, excuse me, Mr. Therapist, I could have figured that out myself for right. free. Yes, I know yes. that's disturbing. <laughs> that's why I'm coming to you. You have nothing better for me is what I would uh, have said. But that's just right. me. So at any rate. That was my my one embarrassing story. I have others. Oh, but, we all do. We have a ton of them. But going to school with a with pajamas on in seventh teacher, grade. Because our school was weird. It was seventh grade through twelfth grade. And when I got there in seventh grade, you you didn't get there in seventh grade. But no, when I didn't you get there in tenth grade, when you get there in seventh grade, you're like a kid. And I saw the seniors, like people with sideburns and that had shaved and had mm-hmm. five o'clock shadows. I was like, what is going on? I'm in school with these adults. And then by the time you're a senior and the people in seventh grade are just little kids. So, Right. Well, and see, my seventh grade experience was much different because I went to a Catholic school and our school went from kindergarten to eighth grade. So oh, when, you, yeah. when you were in seventh grade, you were at the bottom of the heap. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was in seventh grade, we were almost there to the top. Yes. Yes. And we had to wear white shirts and green ties. So there would be no issue of me wearing a pajama top to school. <laughs> no. I know oh, I did leave out one thing I also experienced, which is sleep paralysis. Have you had that? Is that where like you sort of wake up in the night, but you can't move any of your extremities? Because I have had that happen to me. Yes, that's or in the, or in the daytime. I've had it more if I took a nap. I wake up and I'm like, I'm laying here and I cannot move or speak. And I try to I've scream. That happens to me. Screaming yes. is the thing I wake myself up with and I cannot scream. It's hard. Sometimes I do. Jean, Jean my wife, if she's home, she'll hear me. 
Oh, she'll, oh yeah, your wife hears everything. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, Tim, he has sleep paralysis again. He'll get over it. <laughs> He'll get over it. He'll be fine. No she's to. used to it. <laughs> no, 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 no need to use when the I... deductible on the insurance for this. <laughs> no. That, that, no, that's right. a great story because it's like, you know, it's, it's you know, it's the, the, the take on the having the dream of going to school in your underwear. Right, it is. I went in my pajamas. You went in your pajama top. At least you uh, didn't go in your underwear. Man. The only other embarrassing thing that could have happened in junior high that didn't happen, but it terrified me because I liked comics. There was no internet back then. I joined mm-hmm. a little homemade comic exchange. They're called Underground Comics, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's just you make mm-hmm. the comic, you Xerox it so that you make 10 copies and you mail it out to this person who then would, you'll never meet in your life. Right. And they send you comics they made. And I was like, this sounds like fun. I draw, draw my own. Com-. It was the first time I drew my own comic. It was, they're called mini comics. They're very small. So I did this. Mm-hmm. I joined this group. I found the magazine. So I got home from school. I get home from school first. I'm a latchkey kid. That means they hide the key out back. I pick up the key and no one's home. So I usually get the mail and the paper first. And I see, I got my first package, a cartoon from someone I don't know. And I rip it open start reading it and it's a very graphic comic about homosexual pirates and by graphic Ooh. i mean <laughs> like showing the full showing um, everything because i had no we, idea can we, say, can we say anal sex on the podcast if not sure. we'll edit it out or bleep it out no, but we're talking about like full-on man uh, pirate on pirate action right right i had no Ooh. idea what underground comics were i panicked for many reasons such as the panic of you're in seventh grade and people other kids are like, you ordered gay comics. Uh, you ordered gay comics. <laughs> or my parents finding that I somehow got a hold of gay comics. So oh. I had a terrifying, I had a subscription for like three months or something. I had no way of stopping it. So I came home every day like, oh my God, where's the mail? I got to check the mail. I got to set the mail on fire. <laughs> if it's well, that was going to be my question. How did you get rid of it? I've got to set the mail on fire. <laughs> I, uh... I tore, oh, I tore it up and then... Flush it down the toilet. I can't remember. I don't think, I think that would probably would have clogged it, that, that uh, Xerox yeah, paper. Yeah, that would. I'm <laughs> the guy from the Department of Works of going, hey, there's a homosexual pirate comic <laughs> book clogging up your drain. I'd have to... <laughs> I'd have to blame... Newspaper. I would just say, I don't know, John Kelly was here. How'd that happen? It must have been his stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You're going to blame me. Yeah, John Kelly. He went to see the Blue Lagoon for the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway. Oh, boy. Oh that that would have been but that would have been bad, but I was able to, I think I tore them up and shoved them down at the bottom of the garbage and just thought, okay, this will never be fun. <laughs> but now I'm thinking the, the person who is sending out comics with hot pirate on pirate action gets the comic written by the seventh grader <laughs> and they're like what the hell uh, mine was very political there's not there, there's no man-on-man action in this <laughs> no, what I the know. hell it's just some robots and a superhero come on the robots and a superhero <laughs> the robots don't even have sex what is oh my god three months of this I did want to thank a podcast called Bat and Spider that I enjoy listening to. And if you want to listen to Bat and Spider, they talk about old old movies that are usually horror movies. 
maybe B horror movies, maybe not. They know they reignited my love of sound editing because I've loved uh-huh. sound editing since I found a recorder in my parents' attic that was actually real to real, and I would make comedy tapes with a uh, friend that John knows, but it's not John because I didn't know John when I was in third grade. I would use an erector set for sound effects. At any rate, much to Bat and Spider's dismay, I've called in with a lot of sound effects, sound editing, and re-editing of their voices. Seti Bimco has an email if they would like to send in their own sound editing of our voices, or if anybody wants to send us an email, they can email us at setibimco at gmail.com. And that is spelled S-E-D-D-Y-B-I-M-C-O-E. Even though there's no E on the end of Bimco. You can follow us on Twitter at setibim. It's simply S-E-D-D-Y-B-I-M. We're going to have a Instagram page, but we're not going back to Facebook, right, John? It makes me physically we ill not, to think we, about we going back to Facebook. Mention, we don't even want to mention it. Next week, we're going to I'm watch sorry. Mazes and Monsters, and I'm going to interview John. All right. That's the end of the show. I will see you next week, John. Tim, and, as always, it was a pleasure, and these trips down memory lane are both thrilling and terrifying. <laughs> okay. Co. is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line.